so I was uh, reading this week. I wanted to, I intentionally wanted to focus um, on the Word of God as we were having the Gideons with us and be able to share uh, and hear what God has been doing through His Word and then for us to be able to be together. Um, and so I was reading in Second Timothy this week. Uh, once again, I was impressed by how stunningly accurate uh, the Bible is, uh, you know, and for our day, for our society, it's not just something that's for another time. It's not just an ancient document. It is one that is an ancient document with that is very much uh, on target for today and where we live and what it is that uh, that we do and how we how we progress. So turn with me to Second Timothy chapter three, if you will. And uh, it's on page 1095. Matt, you'll have to do these for me, buddy, because this isn't going. So give me that next one there. Um, you know, if you've if you have seen um, if you've seen the news or heard the news or read a newspaper anytime, say uh, within the last 12 years, um, you know, you, you will you will notice that the uh, you know that that what we're reading here, you'll see why this passage caught my attention as I was reading through it, uh, particularly as I uh, as you read some of the descriptions of you know of what is unfolded in this passage here, then. Um, You'll see. I'm going to read the whole chapter. What I'm going to do is pause along, you know, as we go along and give some comment, some observations that I made along the way. And, um, you know, so as we do that, you keep your Bible open. You can put your outline, you know, on top, on one side of it there if you want and help you follow along. But let's pray and we're going to uh, get into this chapter here. Father, thank you again for your word and, and its accuracy. We thank you for its relevance as well. We're not living in the past. We are living very much in the present and looking forward to the future because of who you are and because of, of the God that you are, because of the direction that you give and the encouragement that you give and the challenge that is there in your word. I pray that you would make all those things very real to us today, that it would be a time in which uh, we are brought before you and that you indeed would... Uh, would teach us from your word and your truth, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. And we made sure it was working. There you go. I don't know either. It's, yeah, operator error. It could be. Verse 1, here we go. Ready? But know this, difficult times will come. Here's a thought for you, just before we go any further. Why don't you circle those two words, will come? This is, again, one of those promises of God we don't like to claim. I don't think I have to do any explanation for you to tell you about difficult times will come. If you haven't had any difficult times, there's a couple of things that are going on. Um, one is d dementia. And the other is just, you know, that you're denying what's, you know, where you're at. Maybe you do have that great positive outlook, and that that would be a wonderful thing. You know, help me because, uh, you know, with it, because I, I sometimes difficult times come. But, you know, the neat thing is that through all the difficult times, he is still God and he is still Lord. That's a lot of what unfolds here. So follow along. Verse 2. For people will be, and here's where it got my attention, people will be lovers of self, 
lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. That direction there, to avoid these people. He is not telling us here to withdraw from society. In fact, Jesus made it very clear. He says, I'm, you know, I'm not telling you, you know, you, you know it's, it tells us in, this, in Scripture, I'm not telling you, you know, that you need to, that you need to, you know, remove yourself because, you know, you, you're, we're to have an influence. We are called to bring the reconciling message of new life in Christ Jesus to everyone, including the areas that we read about here and with people that we would rather avoid altogether. I didn't find a single description in there where I thought to myself, oh, that'd be a good, that'd be a good friend to hang out with. You know, that'd be a good, that'd be a good guy to, that, that, that I would want with me. You know, any of, any of these, these descriptions here, but we're called to bring the reconciling message of Jesus Christ you know, to each and every one of the, these people, you know, even those that we would rather avoid altogether. The direction, I believe, for us here is not to make regular companions of these people who live directed by these destructive lifestyles. You know, don't make regular companions of these people because your regular companions influence your values. They, they, they influence your thinking. They influence your choices for living. I want to draw your attention to one in particular that really just jumped out at me. Beginning of verse 4, you know, in the Home of Christian Standard, it says traitors. What do you think of when you hear that word traitors? Most of us think Benedict Arnold, those who betrayed our country. He's talking about those who are a traitor to Jesus Christ. What he's telling us here, you know, is don't make regular companions of those, even if they, even if they claim that they, that they know Christ, but they live like they don't, don't make regular companions of those because pretty soon what will happen is you will begin, you will begin to be like them. Or you will step back a little bit and be less than what God has called you to be. Because you see, when you're the only one, when you're the only one that is going to stand for, for Christ in a situation, and God will put you in those places, those are some of the difficult times. Those are some of the difficult times that will come. God will put you in the place. And what we begin to do is we begin to worry and think, you know, I can I can't do this. Look at all look at all those who who are choosing other. What we should be doing is 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 just thinking Lord, you've entrusted me with all these sinners. I'm the only one at work. And I'm not saying this because it would be bad for Pastor Kent. I'm the only one at work that knows Christ. You know, I can't work there. Isn't it a, isn't it a, isn't it, aren't you stunned by the fact that God entrusted you with all those people who don't know Christ? You see, we sometimes think we sometimes think that we're that when we uh, avoid those people, you know, that we either crawl back in a hole, which isn't what God called us to, or we just jump right in there with them, 
Let me suggest that perhaps you might lead them to a better way to live. Don't worry so much about getting them to stop doing, you can fill in the blank there, whatever it is. Instead, get them to know Christ Jesus. Because one of the things I noticed, I can push people, but it always goes better when God leads them instead of me pushing them. Introduce them to Jesus. Help them to know and come to understand who Christ Jesus is and, and, you know, and begin to unfold that who he is more. And, you know, and you will see God do great things in their lives. Let's pick up verse six. For among them are those who, I like the way this is worded, worm their way into households and capture idle women, burdened down with sins, led along by a variety of passions, always learning, never being able to come to knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. Men who are corrupt in mind, worthless in regard to the faith, but they will not make further progress, for their lack of understanding will be clear to all, as theirs was also. Important phrase in verse 6 there for you. Led along by a variety of passions. You see, here's, here's the deal. You know, you avoid those people who are led along by these variety of passions. The way this is translated in some, you know, is that word passions. Led along by a variety of lusts, of evil desires. If that's what's leading, you see, that's not what we're and who we are to follow. We are not to follow, you know, the, this, this whole uh, variety of passions, lusts, evil desires. Some of the translations say various impulses. Uh, this, is, this, this word, you know, passions, it's most often used in a sense of a drive that's motivated by evil, that's motivated by, by destructive emotional lusts. You know, of some sort. Now, it's not always. There are a few times in Scripture where that word is used of a passion for God. But the overwhelming majority, and in context here, in this place too, he's talking about those who are driven by these lusts, by these evil desires. One of our problems is that we are are, are so bad at clear thinking when we're led by our passions that our passions usually lead us and reason gets jettisoned that we begin living by emotion and passions and these lusts and, and, and reason and following God gets tossed out and gets tossed aside. Another phrase to pay attention to in verse 8, it says, these also resist the truth. These also resist the truth. If your passion is causing you to resist following God, then it is an evil passion. If your passion, if your passion is causing you to resist following God, it, it is evil. Any passion, any passion that takes you further from God is evil. It is taking you one way or another. You need to understand that. Those passions are taking you one way or another. They are taking you closer to God or they are taking you further from God. You know, and and this, you know, our challenge, our challenge is to be honest with ourselves about which way that particular passion is taking us. 
Is it helping us to be more of who God has called us to be? Is it, is it drawing us closer to him, helping us understand him better, or is it pulling us further away? Any passion that is worthless, worthless with regard to the faith, it needs to be avoided. It needs to be removed from that controlling position in our life. Now, see, this doesn't mean that you can't enjoy something. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, be passionate about, about sports or a hobby or some other pursuit. Some of those things, you know, they, they help us, you know, in, in many ways to be a more well-rounded person to think, you know, to think and to even to be able to interact with people, you know, that don't know Christ even a little bit better. But what we have to be careful about here is it does mean, it does mean you do not pursue those passions to the detriment of your faith. You don't pursue those passions to the detriment of your faith if it's pulling you and, and taking you further from God and taking you further from God's people. He said, then these, these things are, are dangerous and they need to be avoided. Verse 10. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, Patience, love, and endurance, along with the, with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, as I was reading through this, you know, certainly there are some people we can look to as good examples of following Christ. Uh, the Tuesday morning men's group is currently uh, looking, reading, you know, and studying through a book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's called Life Together. And uh, it's, it, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was, he was a pastor, theologian during World War II. He was part of the church that resisted Hitler. He wasn't part of the church that caved in and, and turned their back. He was part of the church that said, no, no, this is not what God says. You know, he was part of that group. He was in the United States and he returned to Germany to be able to encourage and help and lead those people and not simply to... Um, you know, to to step back to where it was safe, but he, you know, he stepped forward into where it was instead of giving in to the Nazi dictates. You know, these are good examples. We have good examples today. Any one of our elders, I would be, any one of our elders or their wives, I I, I can hold them up to you. You know, as as examples, you know, along with our deacons, our deaconesses. You know, these are people we can I can hold up to you as examples of. Here's some, here's some people who can help you follow Christ. Here's some people that you can go along with. You know, I think, I, 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 even as I look around, I mean, I can pick out, I can, I can pick out things, you know, about all of you, you know, you know, I think of Joanne and as, as, you know, she, she's facing that battle with cancer, you know, and God continues to support her and, and encourage her and, and things. I, I think, you know, I, I think of, you know, Ann, Andy and Chelsea and, and John and Jackie, uh, Tony and Jenna, you know, and how many of you guys, you know, are raising your, are raising your kids for Christ? 
what a great thing to be able to to be able to say and to be able to point and say you know here's some here's some people here's some people you know who can help you any of our sunday school teachers i would i can i can very easily lift up any of our sunday school teachers you know and to their students and this is one of the things we want you know that their students can look to them and and, and they can see and they can say you know there is someone you know there is someone you know that that we can that we can look along you know why you while you learn from others Make sure you follow Christ. You follow, you learn from others, but you follow Christ. He's the one. Others can help you see and others can help you understand a little bit more of what it might mean to follow Christ. But make sure that what you're doing in that goal is following after Christ, not simply doing what the, you know, what somebody else is doing, but doing something that is going to help you follow Christ because He is the one we are called to be like. He's the one that we're, we're called to follow. You know, become, we need to, we're called to become like Him in all we do and in all we are. All we do and all we are. And you could see, you know, in, in different people, some examples maybe in an area that you're struggling, you know, and learn from them, but follow Christ. You know, learn from them, but be, but be drawn, you know, be drawn, you know, to who Jesus is and to be more and more like, don't settle for anything less than Christ Jesus. Don't look at someone and say, man, I really want to be like him. I really want to be like her. Better look at them and say, they help me understand more of what it means to follow Christ. Because he's the one that we're to follow. And we're following, you know, we're following him. We should be following him in all we do. Verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from childhood you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's the phrase that got my attention. But as for you. He's listing all of these things and he's saying, you know, don't have these others, don't have these who are following all these sinful passions, don't have them, you know, be your example. You know, you've seen, Paul says, you know, you've seen me, you've seen my life, and if that can help you, great. He said, he's drawing a contrast here. He says, you know, you have these other, you have these others examples. He says, but as for you, because we're to be different than those who are driven, who are motivated, who are guided by passions and lusts. We're to be different than them. We are in this world, but we are not to be of this world with those same motivations. He is drawing a contrast. But as for you, we can excuse, we, we think we can excuse ourselves because we say, well, you know, pastor said that I can follow, you know, these people's example and um, we we see him. So last week I shared with you, you know that um, uh, you know where God really was really showed me, you know um, this whole thing uh, that sometimes we we can lie to 
uh, get our, you know, maybe try to get ourselves out of something. We think it's no big deal, but it is a big deal. And so I was sharing with you, you know, and told you about lying to the policeman when he said, you know, how fast you're going. And I said, no. Okay, so my, you know, my five-year-old grandson's up here. He start, immediately starts asking Grandma, why was Papa lying? Why was Papa lying? I get a call. I told our Sunday school class, you know, this today. Um, I got a call from Marcy. Then on Monday morning, she's driving Ryan to preschool. And on the way there, you know, Ryan brings up and she... <clears throat> so Marcy calls me and she said, Ryan says you lied to a policeman. <laughs> Don't follow that example. You see, you don't follow that example. But as for you, you're to be different. We can sometimes try to excuse ourselves. We'll say, well, you know, pastor lied to a policeman. You know, I wasn't your pastor when I did that. You know, pastor lied to a, and we can, we can, you know, we can sometimes look and we can look at somebody and we can use them as an excuse. Well, they're, 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 they're quite the Christian. I know they're a good solid Christian and they did such and such. Don't use that as an excuse. But as for you, what are you doing? You are following Christ Jesus. But as for you, you know, we're different than those who are driven, motivated by these, by these other passions. Notice what he says. Continue. That tells me you're not done yet. You haven't arrived. Continue to do these. It is, there is never a time to sit back and coast. I got it made. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I think of Corliss, you know, Corliss died 95 years old. And uh, the week that he died, and he was taken to the emergency room, and uh, I went to the emergency room and, and met him in there. And, uh, and I'm standing there talking to him, and I look over. Here's his Bible. He brought it to the emergency room with him so he'd have something to read. While there, what was it, Wednesday, Thursday of that weekend, he passed away. He was still continuing. He was, he realized he was 95 years old and he wasn't done yet. We're not done. You, you never get to that place where you can just coast, where you can just take it easy. You know, it's not time to sit back. Paul was writing this letter, you know, specifically to Timothy here. You see, you know, a, a picture here where he says, you know, you have known uh, in, in verse 14, you know, you know who taught you. You know from childhood you've known the sacred scriptures. Earlier in the letter, in uh, in the first chapter, as he's writing to Timothy, he says, you know, Paul was clearly recalling your sincere faith, Timothy's sincere faith, that first lived in your grandmother Lois, then in your mother Eunice, and that I am also convinced is, in, that I'm convinced is in you also. One of the things I really love about being part of this church, you know, is, is the, is the multi-generational family groups we have here. You know, we have grandparents all the way, uh, great-grandparents all the way through great-grandchildren. You know, and what a, what a, what a gift really that is. What a blessing. What a blessing it is to have parents, you know, who have a relationship with Christ. Just how many of you had parents who, who knew Christ? Stick your hand in the air. You know, I hope you thanked them sometime. I hope you thanked God for parents like that. 
That is, that is a gift. I thank God for all of you parents who are, who are working to, to help your children know the sacred scriptures as it talks about here. It is important. It is, it is important. He says the sacred scriptures, sacred, something consecrated to God. It's, it's more than important. It's more than holy. Look at verse 15. At the top of the list of things you should teach them is to have a relationship with Christ Jesus. You know, that's a, look at what it says. It gives them, give them wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The top thing you need to teach them is about a relationship with Jesus for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus so that they know who he is, so they know what's going on, so they know that they can have life in him. Teach them Bible stories. Certainly do that. Show them important passages, passages that made a difference in your life. Show them these things. You know, but, but above all, teach them to have a relationship with Jesus. Teach them that. Teach them that they can trust the Bible. Why? Because all Scripture is inspired by God. All that is Scripture, you know, all that is that is uh, in the Bible, all that is Scripture is inspired by God. That word "inspired" means breathed by God. That's the that's a literal meaning, breathed by God. All script, some some say, you know, all Scripture is God's breath. Some, I believe, translations say. It's breathed by God. It's a product of God himself. Not made up by man, but breathed by God and recorded by man. Now, not, not dictated. Some, some parts are dictated. You know, where it says in scripture, God said, right? Well, there, there's, but that's not how most of it is. Most of it is, you know, that God guided these folks, you know, to, to have, he superintended. So what we have in the Bible is exactly what God wanted recorded. You know, he has it there for us so that we can know him. And, you know, because it is of God, it has value above all other resources for knowledge and truth. Because this is of God, breathed by God. And it tells us that the Bible is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Let me paraphrase this for you. The Bible is your number one authority on living life. Your number one authority on living life. You can trust the Bible and you are foolish when you ignore it or when you choose to raise something other, other than God and His Word to that number one position of guidance and direction in your life. You know, people, you know, ask sometimes, what about dreams and visions and all this stuff? If it contradicts the Word of God, then it's wrong. That's, that's clear. Why? Because this is from God and God, God's not, he's never has been, and he still isn't confused about what he wants. He isn't wondering. You are not in a predicament and in a situation that he's, that he's never been, that he's never seen before or that he's not prepared for. It's not like he's thinking, did you see what he just did? What in the world am I going to do? That's not what God does. That's what we do. God knows what he wants for us. He knows that direction. He knows all that he has for us. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes 
We look at this description here for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. We look at that description and we think, well, you know, that's for us, you know, helping to straighten others out, straighten others out. But it's for straight, verse 14, but as for you, he says, but as for you, it's for us because it will help us to be complete, equipped for every good work. Continue on. Why? Because it will help you to be complete. It will help you to, to do, do what, what he wants. It will help you to be who God wants you to be. You know, but as for you, for those of us with a relationship with Jesus is what he's talking about. For those with a relationship with Jesus, don't settle for being driven. Don't settle for being guided and motivated by passions, lusts, you know, profit, self-centeredness. And also, don't be guided by those who are guided by those things. But as for you, realize the place that you have in Christ and the place his word is to have in your living. Have his word as your guidance. Have his word as your lead. But as for you, know the Bible is God's word. It's best to motivate, to guide, to direct us. Why? So that you might be complete equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and your truth to us. I ask that you would help us to not only understand it more, but to live it more. That it would make a difference in our living because of who you are and because of whose we are. Because we are yours. Lead us, motivate us, guide us to be people of the word that you breathed out, that we might have life, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.